Uh, let's talk about the big bash, the big bash. So uh, we've covered that for a few weeks now. Uh, Australia uh, at its finest. Uh, tell us more about it, Steve. What's been going on there as it's finalised and finished up? Who have been the big, big scorers? I assume it's some of the, the, the usual suspects. Yeah, some of the usual suspects, Mac. And, and it was a fantastic end. I mean, it, given there's been so much good cricket, um, it feels like a long time ago the Big Bash finished. Um, but it's um, it really was uh, was a wonderful tournament in the end. And some great, um, some some really brilliant performances by um, players that we know and love in the, in the English county game. Um, so... Um, Obviously, kind of the man of the final, if you like, was James Vince, um, the Hampshire batsman who scored another another 90. I think he got 95. Yeah. Um, if you remember, he was out for nine, or he, rather he was not out 98 in one of the other elimination games when the Australian bowler um, bowled a, a kind of a, a leg side wide and, and it meant he didn't get a, uh, or a bouncer wide, meant he didn't get to hit the winning runs and score 100, um, which he undoubtedly would have done. But he got a 90 in the final and really set the set the tone for, for the whole thing. But um, on the on the Twitter account you just mentioned, I, I posted a, a, um, a, a whole um, stream of, of tweets which covered some of the, the stats and our power rankings from the BBL. And it's, it makes for some really, really interesting reading. Um, the number one batsman from the county game was, without a doubt, Alex Hales. 543 runs, the, the highest run scorer in this year's Big Bash. He was scoring over 36 runs every time he went out to bat, which in a T20 tournament is, is, is a phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, and a strike rate of 162 runs per 100 balls. So he was really going for it. He was really smashing it. Second ranked English batsman was was the aforementioned James Vince. Again, he scored nearly 540 runs as well. That was the, the um, sixth highest run scorer. Um, or, yeah, um, he was, uh, what, did, what did he get? He was going at 33 and a half runs every time he went out to bat and a strike rate of over 140. So that's terrific. And somebody else who played in the final was Liam Livingston, Lancashire's um, kind of a batting um, sort of top order batsman who, who does, as we'll come on to, a, a mean bit of a mean bit of bowling as well. He scored over 400 runs in the tournament. He was scoring over 30 every time he went out to bat, and his strike rate was over 130. So those guys really did well. And I think what's really interesting is none of those guys you would say are in the England T20 team or, or, or 50 over team. No. Um, Hales for for reasons we've discussed on Sports Fans TV before, where he's kind of not Owen Morgan's favourite man, and I think until Morgan. Isn't in the England isn't isn't the England captain and the kind of complete overseer of of, the, of England's white ball cricket. I don't think Hales will get another chance, but he was no, certainly agreed. Yeah, and anybody else playing like that would be would be getting back in the one would be getting back in the team. I think, especially especially as Jason Roy has gone off the boil a bit, that the yeah. case for bringing back Hales would be quite strong. Yeah, Roy actually got injured towards the end of of the Big Bash, so didn't play in the final. That's right. Um, which was was a bit of a shame for him. He was he had been opening with Livingston um, for for uh, for Perth, I think it's Perth. Um, yeah, the the, the the franchise they're playing for. But interesting to see Vince Livingston maybe knocking on Owen Morgan's door and saying we really need to be seriously considered. Vince, as we've we've said before, Tony is a wonderful, classy batsman. Oh. But a, he, he's a little bit like, if if I may, a right-handed David Gower. Um, yes. and as much as he, he bats with that kind of slightly upright style, quite a very flowing language style, but has a tendency to nick it to the slip cordon, which yeah. I, I love David Gower as a boy, but yeah. he, and he, would, and he would still play the same shot at, at naught as he would at 99. You know, he, 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 what he's, how many runs he scored is not, is secondary to James. He just is, goes for his shots. He does. I hoped, I had hoped that uh, when he was made captain of Hampshire, it might give him a, um, 
almost put a little bit of responsibility. But your analogy with David Gower is, is, is very good. It, 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 there is a great similarity there. Livingstone, I find, is a, is a man. I had him penciled in as a possibility for the full test team about 18 months ago when he was going through a very good spell with Lancashire. And um, he captained them. And um, on top of that, he was more than adequate um, stop bowler, well, surprise bowler, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that, um, okay, I agree with what you say about Hales, but I do agree that... Um, Vince and Livingstone. I wouldn't be surprised to see Livingstone particularly given uh, an opportunity to see how he would go on the very big stage. Yeah, I agree, Tony. I think that's 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 likely. Looking at the overall batsman who did very well in, in this tournament. Now, um, Hales was was the third ranked batsman I made in my overall power ranking for all players. Um, um, qualifying with, um, um, with, with the minimum number of innings, that is, with three innings. Um, two Australian kind of stalwarts, uh, Matthew Wade, who stepped in towards the end yeah, of the tournament so after the test series, and, and Moises Henriquez kind of came top. They just qualified in numbers of innings, so pretty small sample. So the, probably the best batsman who had a real full tournament was Alex Hales. And then um, there's a, another chap called Chris Lynn, Australian batsman called Chris Lynn, who's, who's been around for quite a while as a white ball specialist. But the interesting one who, I, who, ended, who managed to edge into the top five was um, Josh Philippi, I think you pronounce his name. Josh, yes. Josh Philippi. Yes. Um, I think he's a, a wicketkeeper batsman. He, he scored yeah. over 500 runs as well. Um, a young Australian player. He was scoring nearly 32 every time he went out to bat. So pretty good rate. Um, his strike rate was almost touching 150. So I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Philippi um, get a, 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 an Australian cap in one form of the game or another it, it, for too long. The similarity between the, the, those three players that you've mentioned and, and the England situation is um, Wade keeps wicket, mm-hmm. Philippi keeps wicket, mm-hmm. and Payne is uh, under pressure, uh, and, but he's also the captain of Australia's main team. So very similar to the situation we have here, although Butler now has... Uh, improved by leaps and bounds. We had Butler, Bearstow, and and folks. Uh, so we've got the same situation. It would be very interesting to see whether the Australians uh, would go for the young fella. But because it means it means uh, if he's to force his way in, he's, they've got to do something about paying as captain. Mm-hmm. Well, unless they pick him as a specialist batsman. They could pick him as a specialist, but he's done well in Sheffield Shield as well, I think. Yeah, he has. He's a very good player, and he's, he's certainly won... One of the great things about the Big Bash, and we'll come on to talk about the WWT 10 in a moment, is it's a real nursery for, for, for emerging players to announce themselves on, on a bigger stage. And, and for me in the Big Bash, Livingston from an England perspective, who we've known about in the county game for a while, and Philippi from Australia are probably two that stood out. With the ball, interestingly, I had Livingston as the number one county bowler yes, um, yes. In, in the Big Bash. He, he, 10 overs, five wickets. Um, you know, pretty good going, an economy rate of eight and a half, averaging, you know, 17 with the ball. Terrific. Um, second ranked, so he was, I had him overall ranked 15th in the bowling rankings. It was a much, much tougher place to go and bowl than it was to go and bat the big bash. Danny Briggs was my second ranked England English bowler. Yeah. Um, he ranked 46th overall, which just goes to show how tough mm. it was. He, he had a lot of overs. He bowled 45 overs and took 11 wickets. So he'll be really pleased with the amount of times he was chucked the ball, I think. that's That bodes very well. Um, his strike rate was 25. His economy rate was good at, at under seven and a half. A leg spinner. Yeah, yeah, he's a left-arm spinner, I think, Briggs. But he's, a, he's definitely a spinner. Yeah, well, I think he... Let's put it this way. I think he's a leggy, but I, I, I'm... I'm 
he hasn't done it in England, which is, um, you know, whether the, the pace of the pitch is in Australia suited him more, right, possibly. Could, could do. Could do, Tony, yeah, yeah. My, my third-ranked English bowler was, uh, again, another former Tusk player, Jake Ball. Um, again, he was ranked, ranked down in, in the 50s, I think, somewhere in terms of um, overall. Um, in nine wickets from 24 overs, which isn't mm. bad, but his economy rate was over 11, which is which was yes, yeah, not good, yeah. not, not good. He was pretty expensive when when he when he bowled. Um, but again, he, he ended up in in the squad of the team that got to the final, so he will say he played his part and and, and maybe you know maybe maybe earned himself a new contract. Fourth place was Will Jacks, a young Surrey player who only bowled four overs and took a wicket. Yeah, the and then Lewis Gregory, the Somerset all-rounder, who um, again had a pretty tough time with the uh, with the ball. He, he his economy rate was over ten. He mm. took seven wickets in twenty-seven overs. Average. Nevertheless, for all for all these people, it's good experience yeah, of being absolutely. on the biggest stage, and I think it can only benefit mm -hmm. uh, English cricket right from county level. Uh, uh, as well, it can only benefit them. Their, their experience will stand them in good stead. It will. And, and it they'll will. find out that it's not a, a, an easy ride out there now. Yeah, absolutely. Overall bowling, Mac, I'll just finish this off. Um, number one bowler by my rankings, which is based on, on average economy and, and strike rate for, for the Big Bash. Um, an Australian bowler is in his mid-20s called Brendan Doggett. Right arm, fast, medium. I wasn't aware of this chap before. I think he's been called up to a test squad once or twice, but has never made an appearance for Australia. He took nine wickets in 18 overs, um, averaged 13 economy rate of under seven. So he did very well. I, um, I, I looked him up. I was quite astonished at, uh, at this man. He's, he's 26 yeah. and um, he's played uh, uh, 42 first class matches and 24 uh, he's taken, sorry, he's taken 42 first-class wickets at an average of 33, and he's taken 24 T20 matches, uh, wickets, at 26, and taken a wicket in T20 every 18 balls. Mm. So um, there's, there's, there's something he's about something. him. Uh, he's come from nowhere, and, yeah. and 26, he's, he's uh, mm -hmm. got his future ahead of him. He's got yeah. seven years minimum, I would say. 12 if he turns out to be Jimmy Anderson. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, and then you've got two um, Afghanistani uh, spinners, Mujib Rahman and my old mate Rashid Khan. Rashid, they yeah. showed up very well. Um, and then you've got James Faulkner, the Australian quick bowler who, who's been around a while, is a good batsman yeah. as well. Unfortunately, he did his hamstring. Yeah. So he's, he's out now for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the rest of my top five is Adam Zampa, who's a Australian leg spinner. He's in, in and around their white ball squad. He took 19 wickets. He'll be very pleased with that. Yeah. Um, again, his economy rate was, was under seven and a half, which is, which is terrific. Um, and he was taking a wicket every, what, 14 balls, every 15 yeah, balls. So, yeah. so he did, did very, very well. So Zampa can be very pleased with, with his big bash. So all in all, Mac, it was a great tournament, actually. Lots yeah. to enjoy. It's kind of whetted my appetite now for the IPL, which is the next big global yeah, franchise yeah. of 2020 over cricket to come round and um, be very interesting to see how many players who put their hand up and did well in the big bash end up getting a, a lucrative IPL contract the auction for that is coming up fairly soon in the next few oh, weeks okay. I think. we should um, cover and, that and, and yeah what, yeah what I wanted to ask you about big bash though was what, what was the fans experience I mean you've talked about obviously when your appetite was it was it a, a great tournament and you talked about obviously the youngsters getting their chance but was it exciting? Was it all that it was really like, um, you know, hyped up to be? How was it for the fans? 
Yeah, I think it was. I mean, I think that the final was a very good game. All the knockout games were, were, were really good games. And the nature of T20 is unless one team absolutely collapses, you generally get a pretty close game. Okay. Um, and, and it certainly lived up to that. Some very, very good names on show. I suppose the one disappointment for the Australian crowd might have been because it was running concurrently with the Indian Test Series. There were some big names that weren't playing, um, you know, um, or, or only played a couple of games. I don't think Steve Smith played at all. I think Manus Labashain, Labash, Labash Kagni, however you want to say it. Yeah. He played a few games at the end and he played brilliantly. And I guess if you're his franchise, you're looking at that and weeping at the fact that if he'd have been there, he could have taken use further um i think melbourne struggled both the teams from melbourne did pretty poorly um i think hobart had a had a, had a middling-ish season um but everybody else kind of qualifies for the um for the playoff rounds and um and they were pretty exciting but i think that um the the, the, the sixes is it that won i think they they deserved it they were they were a very good team um and um and they yeah they it, it was they played good cricket what is, what is a problem, I think, is the scheduling, however. I do think it is a scheduling. There is so much cricket being played at the moment that is very, very difficult. When we come on to talk about the, the Abu Dhabi, the number of West Indians, for instance, who, were, uh, who took, uh, took part in the, in the, um, the ten-over format, um, their, their test team uh, between the, that and the COVID was reduced... Uh, dramatically, and and I think that we and the Australian, as as, as Steve has said, that, um, the Australians definitely suffered. Although on the other hand, the balance to that is that some of these players who hadn't been recognised before have come through. But we've got to remember that these players, you take Doggett for instance as an example, he's playing at his own level. He's playing against a lot of players of his own level because of the other scheduling problems. Some of the really good players weren't playing in the in the uh, big bash, so that it's hard to measure in in comparative terms how they would have done against the really star uh, big bash players. So we got to, we've got to that. It's almost I, I I don't want to be disparaging, but it was almost like a second eleven. Uh, a, a tournament, um, but nevertheless, there are plenty of people who come from second elevens through to the first eleven and onwards. Yeah, exactly. You've got to take your opportunity whilst yeah. you can. I don't think it was as 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 ropey as a, as a second eleven standard. I think yeah. it, I know that's I, not I, the same no, term, I don't want to but, be majority, but it's there were a I, lot I of top players not playing. Yeah, I take I take your broader point, but I, but I think for me it was just an opportunity for others to to to, st to step up. There were enough good players there to make Doggett's yeah. performance and Howe's performance and Livingston's performance. The only thing is, as Mac was saying, how popular was it? You do need a few standout players to be there to bring the crowds. Yeah, uh, and and um, that that has got to be watched. If you overschedule it so that you you don't have the star players there because they're on test duty or there in the big of the Abu Dhabi tournament or whatever it might be. I mean, the West Indies board is riven, I think, now because they've got an open split between some players um, um, who didn't want to go uh, on the on the tour to Bangladesh. And um, yeah, and that was it, you know? the West Indies, the way West Indies cricket is going, is possibly a frightening vision for the future for other other test board other cricket boards i think we'll talk well, about that, another said time. that they've, they've never been the most unified of boards have they let's face it 
true, true. But I think, there's a, I think there's an emerging story there about players opting to play franchise cricket against yeah. those opting to play international cricket. And yeah, I think there's, there's something in that. <laughs>